أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قد أفلح المؤمنون الذين هم في صلاتهم خاشعون والذين هم عن اللغو معرضون والذين هم للزكاة فاعلون صدق الله العظيم Today to continue with another Ayat of the Quran Sharif. These are the opening ayat of Suratul Mu'minun. <coughs> and in this first ayat of the surah, Allah Ta'ala says, Qad aflahal mu'minun. That indeed the believers are successful. Aflaha, falah. Falah refers to every success. It's a comprehensive word which includes every success of dunya and akhirat. There is nothing that is excluded from the falah and success that is really success. This is a different issue that what we may regard as success is not in reality success. For somebody success is like that little child, his whole success is that he must acquire something that he has set his heart on, some little toy, and that is his success. When he finally gets that after a big hue and cry, now he feels the whole world he got. And then but as he grows, then his eyes is on something else. One person in Pakistan, somebody who was on a very high government post, so his son had graduated. From whatever career he had done, now he graduated. So he held a big function for this graduation and invited now he is a person of that class from that society. So that kind of gathering he had, people of all high society people. So in this function, at the, sometime in the course of that function, he then addressed the whole gathering, the father, and he says that this is a very happy occasion for us. My son has graduated. But on this very happy occasion, I want to give him a gift. So, he wants to present the gift to him in front of everybody. So, the son came up. So, this gift was presented very nicely wrapped. We say, but I will always re- also request him to open this gift now. So, he started opening the gift. The one wrapping after the other. The wrapping wasn't finishing off. And eventually, this big box, inside there was another box. Finally, when after a whole lot of, the whole crowd is sitting, people of that rank, that caliber, not necessarily dini rank, but people of that society now, all of that level, finally this fellow, so everybody is, what kind of gift this must be? Person who is of this status and position, then on his son's graduation, so this must be really something special. So when finally he opened the whole and this gift was taken out from there, it was an old toy. So this became like a big joke. Everybody started laughing. And this youngster also, uh, he is the newly graduated qualified doctor or whatever. And now he's holding this little toy in his hand in front of this whole crowd. So he just also just laughed it off like a little joke. Nobody really realized what's going on. And any case, this thing came and went. 
So later that evening now when this all this whole function was over, now this boy comes to his father and he says, but what did you do? You made me the laughing stock of this whole gathering. How do I face these people again that your father made you a joke like this? What was the whole point behind this? So then the father said to him that this particular toy was the same toy when you were so whatever age, then you insisted you wanted it. And at that time, whatever the reasons were, we felt it was not in your best interest to have this. So we initially didn't want to give it to you. But this had become your life. And you made such a you and cry about it, and you wouldn't do anything till you had this. Eventually, just to make the peace, after some time, when this continued non-stop, we finally got this toy and gave it to you. So this had become your life at that time. And today, the same thing has become a source of embarrassment for you. So this was the lesson I wanted to give you, that when you attach your heart to something, then think ahead, that this must not become what I'm attaching my heart to today, must not become a source of embarrassment to me tomorrow. That sometime later in life, I'll look back, and I'll think that what a fool I was, how on earth could I have even attached my heart to this, how could I have even really thought in that manner. So this was the lesson I wanted to give you. So in any case, this was an, whatever the situation may be, the person may not have been somebody who was doing it on a deeny note, but al-hikmatu dalatul mu'min. Hikmat and wisdom is the lost property of a mu'min. Whoever he finds it, he is most worthy of taking that wisdom. So it is nevertheless some very good lesson that when a person is giving his heart to something, think carefully beforehand. Let alone that something which he will give his heart to today might become a source of great embarrassment tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah. Sometimes it already becomes an embarrassment in dunya. So that was the point that sometimes we deem certain things to be our success that my success is in this, but is it reality, in reality success? What is in reality success, we will have to check in the Qur'an Sharif, in the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu And that is where we will learn what is success. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, that قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Indeed, the believers are most completely successful. But, throughout the Qur'an Sharif, you'll find that wherever there's Iman, and some promise on Iman, then it is qualified with وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٌ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِ الْأَنْهَارِ Various ayat, many ayat, that on Iman and أعمال الصَّالِحَ Then are the promises of Allah Ta'ala of the various aspects in dunya, the various things in dunya already, and what is in the akhirat also. But that Iman is coupled with أعمال الصَّالِحَ Then that success comes. And out of the A'mal Saliha, the pinnacle of it, the pinnacle of A'mal Saliha in a mu'min's life is his salah. And therefore, that particular thing, that particular action, which is the peak of a person's A'mal Saliha, that is then being presented, الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ The believers are successful, but who are they? They have numerous attributes in them. But the very first thing is that they are those people who in their salah, they have this quality of khushur. So there's two things here. One is that the salah is in place. 
but it is not a lifeless salah. So it's like a person, he is well armed. He's got the best arms, the best machine gun or whatever. But it is a toy. It's just the whole, just the shell of it. Just looks like a machine gun. So what he's going to do? It won't even forget kill a lion. It won't even frighten a cat off. Because it's just a toy. It's just a shell. It's just the shape of it. It just looks like that. So it can't do anything. So likewise, one is to have the salah. That structure also has to be there. If that structure is not there, then there's no place to put in that soul of it. If that body is not there, where is the soul going to come in? So the body of the salah will have to be there. So there's two parts to this. One is having that body of the salah. So that body of the salah, if that is missing, then everything is gone already. And the body of the salah is that the five times salah is being performed. With regularity. In the letter that Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu sent to all his governors. Now he's addressing his governors who have all the responsibilities of the state. All the responsibilities of government. They have to see to all these things. And he's addressing them and he's saying to them that inna ahamma umurikum indi as-salah. That no matter what your responsibilities are, what your duties are, what work you have, everything all in its place. The most important of all your duties to me, all your work and everything that pertains to whatever your day-to-day things are, the most important to me is your salah. مَنْ حَفِزَهَا وَحَافَزَ عَلَيْهَا فَهُوَ لِمَا سِوَاهَا أَحْفَزَ The one who will guard his salah and be punctual upon it, then he will guard the rest of deen to a greater extent. And وَمَنْ ضَيَّعَهَا فَهُوَ لِمَا سِوَاهَا أَضِيَعَ The one who will neglect his salah, be careless about it, then he will neglect other aspects of deen to a greater extent. Now, this month of Ramadan, the Atikaf, etc., one of the things that we have been focusing in is how to develop ourselves in terms of our spiritual hearts, spiritual lives, how to become closer to Allah Ta'ala. We have been trying to focus on our Islah and Tazkiyah. So in the light of this Hadith Sharif and this edict of Hazrat Umar which is actually from the the subject matter of a hadith of Rasulullah that if a person guards his salah and he is performing that salah correctly and then as in this ayat Allah Ta'ala says that this khushu and khudu is in that salah then automatically the rest of deen he will become more careful about he will become more conscious about he will be fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala in other aspects to a greater extent and if he is negligent in this regard then other aspects of deen will suffer to a greater extent. So the first aspect of islah and tazkiyah is a salah. If a person's salah is not in order and he's neglecting his salah, then other things will suffer to a far greater extent. One person came to one sheikh, he went to his sheikh and he complained about that his gaze he can't control. See, this is my problem that no matter what I try, I just cannot control my gaze. The sheikh said to him that it seems you are not looking in the spot that you are supposed to in the various postures of salah. 
When you are in Qiyam, then you are supposed to be looking at the place of sajda. When you are in Ruku, at your feet. When you are in sajda, at the tip of your nose. When you are in Qada, in your lap. And when you are making salam on your shoulder, etc. So it seems that you are not doing that. And if you are not doing that, then start doing that immediately. So any case he started that off. And after some time he came back and he said that this was something I've been trying for a long time to get under control. Alhamdulillah, this has come totally under control. I started practicing on this advice and I started maintaining or being careful about looking exactly at the spot that I'm supposed to in salah. Now my gaze outside salah has come under control as well. Once one khadim of Hazrat Muhammad Kandalwi Rahmatullah he was carrying something and walking, but he did it in a clumsy manner. And as a result, because of doing it a little clumsily, it fell. So Hazrat reprimanded him and said, Abhi tak tumhari namaz durust nahi hui. Now those who were sitting around there, he's saying to him, up to now your namaz hasn't come right. Now the person is walking with something, okay, he was a bit clumsy, and he dropped it, and he's being reprimanded about his namaz is not right. Now those who were sitting around, some found this very strange. What happened and what is the reprimand about? So I detected this, that this is the question in the mind. So he said that if this person's namaz had been done orderly, then mistake can happen out of the blue, but a person won't be clumsy. That clumsiness is the result of this namaz not being done correctly. The deliberate clumsiness is as a result of the weakness in namaz. A sheer mistake can happen from anybody. But where a person is deliberately taking things in, not, not being careful, that is another issue altogether. So all these things were being linked back to the namaz, to the salah of a person. How is he going about his salah? And in the hadith where Nabi Salaam says that on the day of Qiyamah, the first thing that a person will be questioned about is his salah. And, إِذَا صَلُحَتْ صَلُحَتْ سَائِرُ عَمَلِهِ if that salah comes out correct, then all his other amal will come out correct. The same effect is in dunya. It's actually the effect of dunya that will become visible on the day of Qiyamah. That because his salah was correct in dunya, it was in place, he was performing it regularly, he was performing it diligently, all five salah, sometimes a person says, that no, no I'm okay, I'm, I miss one namaz now and then. Otherwise, mashallah, everything is fine. The person is saying, I must want namaz now and then. Otherwise, everything else is fine. So this is such a major statement that everything is fine. In other words, that one namaz now and then I must is na'uzubillah, not serious. Whereas in the hadith, Nabi Islam says, Man fatathu salatun faka'annama wutira ahluhu wa maluhu. A person, one salah he misses. It's like as if all his family and wealth, everything has been destroyed. Everything, in one go. What will be the shock of such a person? That in one go, everything went. Now that destruction he's brought upon himself, and he's saying, well, once in a while I miss some namaz, it's alright. Like one person came to Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib, and he says very proudly, I sent my son overseas to study. Those days was a very big thing. Somebody went to England to study. So in those days, 50 years, 60 years ago story, that was like a, a person came back from England to study, so he came back with a degree from England, 
It was like somebody came back from the seventh heaven or something. In worldly sense, this is how people used to look at him. This person is very highly qualified. Whereas what he did and came is another issue. So, in any case, this person also now came to Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib Rahmatullah and he's saying, my son went to England and he studied and he came. Oh, mashallah, he's now so highly qualified and so on. But itna hai ki thora sa baddeen ho gaya hai. But just little bit now, he's gone off the track. He's very highly qualified and everything, but he's gone off the track now. now that became like just the, you know, the sideline. That he's left the track of deen. That is now not serious. He is very highly qualified in dunya now. So that is the thing of pride. Now this is where the whole value system goes upside down. The whole aspect of a person's priorities are gone haywire. What is supposed to have been the most serious thing in his life? That baddeen ho gaya. Now he's saying it with his own tongue. Ho gaya. And that, but that is like a by the way thing. Ho gaya. So as if that deen is a secondary thing. Because dunya was the main thing. And dunya is in place now. So everything is fine. Whereas becoming baddeen will make dunya also upside down. So in any case, the salah sometimes, we take it like a secondary thing. Whereas if the salah is not in order, then everything else is going to be suffering. Then, whether a person's akhlaq, that akhlaq will suffer, his mu'amalat will suffer, his mu'asharat will suffer, everything will suffer. So the thing to focus on and the thing to make an effort on is our salah. And the first thing is the punctuality and regularity on that salah. And then, in that punctuality and regularity is the aspect of salah with jama'ah. That unless there is a valid shari'i reason, sharia has excused a person from salah with jama'ah, then other than that, there should be no reason for a person missing that salah with jama'ah. What can be a valid reason? He made all the arrangements to wake up. Something happened, some people, sometimes it happened, the person had an electronic alarm, the, he didn't realize in the middle of the night, the power went off, so the whole alarm got reset, so now it didn't ring, or it rang, and sometimes he just something happened, but a person heard that alarm, now he's conscious, he's away, it's time for Fajr Salah, and he's just letting it pass through, he's making no attempt and no effort to wake up, now that is a major issue. And, as we have often mentioned, that if it is some dunya work at that time, a person has to catch a flight at that time, then come what may, he hears every alarm. That's an odd occasion somebody will oversleep through a flight time. It's a real rare occasion. But if there's some dunya work at that time, then we'll hear everything. But when it comes to the call of Allah wa ta'ala, then a person somehow becomes unconscious, person somehow just cannot make it. So the first thing is to become conscious of our salah. Five times salah in the masjid with jama'ah. The jama'ah in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu the warning that has been, that Nabi sallallahu says that it was my intention that I should in, instruct somebody to perform the salah and then go to the homes of those, not those who are, are not performing the salah. Those who are performing the salah in their homes without a valid reason. Not that those who are totally omitting it. Those who are performing the salah but performing at home without valid reason, they're not coming to the masjid. And my thought was to burn down their homes. And had it not been for the women and children in those homes, I would have done it. Now, can we imagine 
the background to this, Nabi Sallallahu is Rahmatul Alameen. But what disturbance and what pain this might have caused him, that somebody doesn't have a valid reason not to be in the masjid, and the person is not coming in the masjid, and is performing his salah in the house, Nabi Sallallahu is saying, it was my intention to even burn down that house. So the first thing is to bring salah in our lives, and bring salah with all its etiquette, with all its adab, the punctuality that is the first thing. In the in terms as we discussed, that what is the importance of salah, and in the time of Rasulullah missing a salah, what was this? There was only one concept at that time. Man salatan muta'amidan faqad kafara. That this was not possible from somebody who had iman. Then as time passed, this became a thing that people started missing the salah. So in the context of the actual meaning of the hadith, the fuqaha explained what it meant. But in the rulings of the fuqaha, three of the four imams of fiqh, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi, and Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahmatullahi all three of the view, if somebody deliberately missed his salah, deliberately, it's established this person deliberately missed his salah, then in an Islamic state, such a person must be beheaded. All three of these imams of the view that such a person will be beheaded. Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi is of the view that he won't be beheaded, but yuhbas wa yudrab hatta yatuba o yamud. That he will be imprisoned and he will be lashed. And this will continue until he makes sincere tawbah that from now on he won't miss any salah. Or if in that process, if his life goes, it will go. Now this is how serious and severe the aspect of missing a salah is deliberately. So the first thing is the punctuality and the constant performance of that salah. This is still, we only talking about the outer side, the structure of the salah. So the constant performance of salah and salah with jama'ah. These two things are the step one. Still the whole aspect of bringing the life and soul in the salah, the etiquettes of the salah, the sunnahs of the salah, all that is a still to come aspect. So this is the first thing that islah, the tazkiyah that we are aspiring for, it starts off with rectification of salah. Bringing salah in our lives, bringing it with punctuality, bringing it with diligence, bringing the salah with jama'ah in our lives, 